the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. Great to be with you today on this fine afternoon. Dennis Prager will be on our show here in just a couple of minutes, so you want to stay tuned for that. Yes, that Dennis Prager. We're looking forward to having him, and we'll tell you more about the event coming up, Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile, where he is... Uh, going to be along with Eric Metaxas and I on February 20th. Go to KKLA.com to find information about that. Plus, I'm giving away free tickets this hour to that event, so you don't want to miss that. You know, I've been thinking about this. There's a there's a great term that we hear that maybe we don't realize how powerful and important it is historically, particularly to Western history. All right, it's Judeo-Christian. You ever hear that term that, uh, you know, we have a Judeo-Christian ethic or a Judeo-Christian uh, moral foundation or other things? It's, it's basically a term that's used to describe the shared beliefs and values and practices of Judaism and Christianity. And it's an important term because, as somebody put it recently, it really is what Western civilization is built on, the idea of uh, Judeo-Christian thought and and if you if you want to know, one of the reasons I think the West is having trouble today is because we're leaving that foundation of thought. We are leaving that behind. The term Judeo-Christian recognizes the similarities and origins of, of Judaism and Christianity, okay? If we look at it as two different religions, we have the same book in the Old Testament, right? Christians view it differently than Jewish people view it, and but the roots that we have are the same. And the, the way we differ, it's, it's incredibly important, right? Because Christians would say that what you have in the Old Testament and in the Torah and the purpose of the law and the prophets points to Jesus Christ, who is the Messiah. And as you will hear at Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile, it's different uh, if you are an observant Jew and uh, you are not seeing it that way with Jesus as the Messiah. We're going to learn more about that. But and we'll talk about that here later here in a few minutes. But I think as we think about even what are the effects of that, meaning if people really do follow Jesus as Christians, let's say, you know, if we really did follow Jesus, um, where Jesus would instruct us, I think, in the same way as the Old Testament and New Testament would, to love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself— and that all of the other moral rules that we have, and Jesus will talk about moral rules in the New Testament. He didn't come to get rid of the law. He came to fulfill it. And there's a lot of meaning built into that. But when you actually do that, I think your whole civilization gets better. Even if people, they themselves don't believe in Jesus or they don't believe in God, there is a certain understanding, I think, that we have been losing with respect to the foundation we have for moral beliefs. You know, people ask you know, this week, how can we see that kind of thing going on with the uh, Satan dancing and stuff at the uh, the Grammy Awards? Or, you know, 
where are we losing it when it comes to education or where it comes to the gender issues that are going on? How are we moving down this path? The reason is because we're rejecting the values that came from the scriptures ultimately. And, you know, I, I feel like we, we often don't understand how important that is. The religious and cultural values are, from the Judeo-Christian standpoint, are a fundamental part of Western civilization. The reason that we have the freedoms that we have, actually, are because of beliefs in a monotheistic God, the concept of moral law, and the idea of individual responsibility. All of those things are why free nations remain free, even though people have different beliefs in the free, free nations, even if they don't believe in God. It's, a little, it's very difficult to not believe in God, and I think you know, to not believe in God at all. Uh, and the fact that more and more people are finding more comfort in not believing in God, whether they say it or whether it's just how they practically live, that is the problem. That is why we are losing our freedom and why we feel like we are losing grip, our grip on, you know, all the things that we fought for. Uh, but this is something I think that is important for us to understand. It, uh, and as we think about the world today, as we look around, I want you to think about the fact that everything has a foundation. And I think that we're going to learn a lot from that when we take a look at what a Judeo-Christian ethic is. That's a big part of the program that we have coming up here, Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. We're going to learn a whole lot from all of that. And now, my next guest. Dennis Prager is a nationally syndicated radio talk show host on 400 stations and, of course, on your favorite radio app. He's a syndicated columnist and author, including the author of a series called The Rational Bible, a commentary with the most recent release being on the book of Deuteronomy. He's the founder of Prager University, which you can find at PragerU.com which is the most viewed conservative video site in the world with over a billion views, billion with a B, views in a year, and more than half by people under 35. Coming up on February 20th, Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile with Dennis Prager and Eric Metaxas will be at the First Church of the Nazarene in Pasadena, and tickets are available now at kkla.com. By the way, I'll be giving away free tickets later on in the big show today, but more exciting than getting free tickets to Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile with Dennis Prager and Eric Metaxas is my guest right now is the Jew in that equation, Dennis Prager. Dennis, welcome to Southern California Live. You'll you'll get a kick out of this. So I, many years ago, I was the, the Jewish uh, representative or spokesperson in a panel for the Young Presidents Organization, a very large international organization. It was in Washington, D.C., and it was a Catholic priest, Protestant uh, minister, and, and myself, the Jew. And I was there, and the Catholic was there, and the the Protestant uh, minister was late. So the MC got up and said, folks, we're sorry we're late, but we're waiting for our Jewish spokesman. He thought I was the Protestant. Right. <laughs> it was really adorable. I, I got such a charge out of that. You know, it's... Um... I think it's something that people are going to really enjoy hearing uh, at this event coming up. I want to ask you about that in a minute. But you know what? You're on the air every single day, and you're able to deal very directly in a wonderful way with the issues of our day. Here's a question that I'm asking people on our show a lot. As we consider the world we're living in today, the direction it's headed, where most people agree we're headed in the wrong direction. What for regular people, other than voting, we should all vote and we have problems there because we don't. But what can we actually do now? We don't have another election for another year. We've got problems in schools. We've got two years, really, for the election. What does a regular person do? Well, my, my, I have very real suggestions, and 
I live with the fact that almost nobody takes them. Get your kids out of the school they're in right now mm. and homeschool them. That is the single best thing any American can do. Uh, or your grandchildren. Uh, if, if you have any money at all, pay your children whatever loss they might entail by homeschooling their child, your grandchild. Get them the hell. I, I know uh, you don't like that <laughs> phrase, but I do. Get them the hell out of that, those schools. They are likely to ruin your child. At best, they will have no good impact on your child. At worst, they will ruin your child's life and thereby your life. It is so obvious. Ask any parent whose kid comes home and announces, I am the other sex. Mm. Where did they get that? You think that it is natural? Did anybody say this in the history of the United States or the Western world or, or any place that we know of? This is brand new. This is socially induced. This is not natural to a child to say at seven years old, uh, if, the gir- if it's a girl, I don't want breasts, mommy. I mean, give me a break. They picked that up from the sick teacher who teaches them. Get your kids out of the school. But 99.9% of your listeners won't do it. And why? Because it's a pain. And people prefer a comfortable life to a good life, including Christians, Jews, anybody. Okay, I'm angry about it. It's obvious in my tone. But you ask me what people can do, whatever I suggest they don't do. Conservatives take their kids to Disneyland and to Disney World. They support a sick, despicable organization when they do so. But it's fun, Disney World. What am I going to do with my grandchildren? What was done with grandchildren before Disney World? Uh, Okay, there's another example. Here's another example. Why did you let your church shut down during, during the lockdowns? Why did you act like a sheep? If you're a Christian and you're supposed to be a lion, okay, is that is that enough? I think those are great examples because what I'm looking for is I think what what people do. And I think you're exactly right. We don't really do anything. Only forty percent of us even bother to vote, and of that forty percent, hardly any are educated voters, right? I mean, we're we and we're watching our country with with this amazement of what's going on, particularly the gender issue, I think is the most clear other than balloons flying over from foreign states that could have had a bomb or whatever else in it. Apparently that's been going a long time. I think this matters a lot. You know, if we're going to survive this, then I think you're right. It's in education. We have to change that. That's where we lost this argument. I would say 40 years ago, 50 years ago. So you have something that you've done also uh, that you're able to do because of your media influences, Prager University, which I think is an excellent source for people mm-hmm. to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, education has so much. Tell us how that came about. About uh, 12, 13 years ago, not that long when you think about it, Alan Estrin, my dear friend and the producer of my radio show, said to me on a ship in the Indian Ocean, I take for 25 years I've been cruising with listeners, and he comes over to me, and he says, Dennis, we have to get your ideas to more people, which, of course, I live for. I, mm. I, I don't I, – I, that's what makes me tick. Get, I want to get my uh, the ideas to more people. That's all I want to do. So I said, yeah, well, that's great. He said, well, there's an Internet. Let's get it out there. Let's start Prager University. And uh, since Alan Estrin has not told a joke since he was 14 <laughs> – I knew he was serious, but I didn't know what he meant. And he had a brilliant idea. He said, let's do five-minute videos. And it began with me. In the meantime, we now have over 500. I've only done 50. I mean, 450 of the 500 are other people, terrific people. 
they're extremely influential, extremely. The left hates, hates. Uh, there was a, here you'll love this, about three months ago, the New York Times front page, front page article on Elon Musk just said, like in the sixth paragraph, Elon Musk is starting to sound like he watches PragerU videos. Huh. They didn't bother identifying PragerU. They assumed everybody knew who what it was. Yeah. And that that's the way to say, oh, he's he's changing, he's getting conservative. They're very influential. They're very sophisticated. We have stuff for little kids as well, not just the PragerU videos. That's for anybody really 13 up. Uh, but under 13, we have a huge uh, stuff at Prager, uh, huge stuff at PragerU. So, yes, we, we tried to influence. Uh, what could people do? They could send out things that they read, videos that they watch to as many people as they can. People are afraid of being unpopular. Mm. Uh, but it, it's, it raises a very interesting issue, which I could raise with you because it's a religious show. How, how many Christians and Jews are serious Christians and serious Jews? It's a very real question. Because if you fear losing uh, friends on Facebook more than you fear God, how religious are you? Mm. I mean, it's not meant as an attack. It's people should really sit down alone and ask themselves that question. We're, we're supposed to fear God, not people. Do you know what, in the Old Testament, do you know what God says the most to human beings? In Hebrew, it's al means don't be afraid. So uh, that's why it was so upsetting to me how many pastors obeyed irrational secular authority and kept their churches shut for no good reason. This this was a very big wake-up call. And Eric Metaxas, whom I'll be with Mm -hmm. at the Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile uh, event, he wrote a book. Uh, on this very subject, a, a cry to the to the to the church. Yeah, the uh, letter to the American church. Yeah, we talked about it, it at length on well, the show. Well, it's a great book. Yeah, it's a great book, and I think the idea that we don't fear God the way we fear other stuff—that if you're going to fear something, fear God—it's a biblical idea, Old and New Testament. It's maybe the one idea that carries all the way through that we should know. You're right. You're going to lose Facebook friends. We're going to lose yes, that's you know, right. some kind of comfort. We're going to yes. lose all the comfort if we don't do that. That's right. Exactly we're correct. Lo- we're going to lose everything. And let's talk about the Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile event. I'm excited about it. We had Eric Metaxas on. Here's what he had to say about doing this event with you. Listen, Dennis Prager is a dear friend, and I cannot be in a room with him without having a good time. I laugh. I joke. I tease him. We're serious, but we are always having a ton of fun. I, I just, uh, anytime I get to do something with Dennis, I know I'm, I'm just going to absolutely die with laughter at points. We really have fun. And of course we, we talk about a lot of serious stuff, but I, I just love him. And I'm just thrilled that I finally get to do one of these events with him. Uh, how do you respond? Uh, do you have a good time with Eric, or are you just not looking the, forward to this? Yeah, event? I'm not looking forward at all. I really can't stand the guy. <laughs> I can't believe he said those nice things. Somebody, somebody, either he was uh, had just been drinking, or somebody paid him a good sum. Uh, actually, it, it is hilarious. The, the greatest challenge to me when I'm on with Eric Metaxas is when will we finally get serious? Mm-hmm. We spent so much time ribbing each other 
which is always, by the way, among men, this is totally male. It's That's a, right. Men insulting each other means they really like it's each other. It's a compliment. It's a compliment, yes. exactly. So, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's it's endless. Uh, but the re- one of the reasons we really do uh, respect each other as much as we do is we're both fighters. Yeah. And we, we do fear. He fears God and I fear God. And it comes through. And I, I, uh, I'll i tell you, it, it is inconceivable to me that anybody attending this will not think it, it was it was a highlight in, in their intellectual and religious life. It's going to be fun for sure, but they're going to learn. Oh, it's very, yes. Right. Oh, there's a lot of very, very serious stuff. Yeah. But, but it will be fun. That is correct. It will be fun. As a yeah. pastor, uh, I love to preach from the Old Testament. I spend a lot of time, especially the wisdom books. There's so much value right, to that for right. today. And one of the things that I found in my study is looking up what Jewish writers wrote about these Jewish books. And some of them are coming at it from a Christian perspective, but some of them not from a right. Jewish perspective. Right. And this actually helps understand the text the way it's meant to be written. It just comes yes. alive, which I think is obvious. What can what what are some of the greatest values that people are going to get benefits for coming to this event? Well, I'm I'm not a prophet, uh, but I, I, when you see two people, uh, whom hopefully people consider to be bright and to have some wisdom, and come to it from a Christian and Jewish perspective, which values-wise is almost identical. I always speak of Judeo-Christian values. Mm. Obviously, we don't have the same theology, but we, but Catholics and, and Protestants don't have the same theology. <laughs> Baptists and, and, and Mennonites don't have the same theology. I mean, it, it's... For me, it's effortless. For, for a Christian, it might be a, a, a little more effortful, but for me, it's effortless mm. to bond with people... On values alone, uh, and and look, I know I don't fool myself. Uh, I I know that a lot of Christians really like me, and and there's a reason. I'm I'm preaching what they want preached, and there's another reason. I really like them. Uh, do you know that I was actually attacked on a left wing site as a Christian lover? Right. Is that hilarious? It is hilarious, but. That's what the that's what the, uh, the racists used to say about a white for civil rights. Oh, he's a, an N word lover. Right. So now I'm attacked by the left as a Christian lover, and I plead guilty. That is correct. I'm a Christian lover. I, I absolutely correct. Well, I think the value of this event too is that people are going to understand that there is truth, and that we when we're when we're talking about truth, it makes you feel good because it's right. It's how we really are, and it helps you understand. And like you like to say, and I agree, that the leftist truth is not a left-wing value. Oh, I'm glad you know that phrase of mine. People people think it's a throwaway line. Uh, I, I, I would swear on, on the Bible that I mean it literally. Truth is a conservative value, and truth is a liberal value. Truth has never, ever been a left-wing value. What works to give us power, that's the value. We'll say anything. Men give birth is one of the gigantic idiocies of history. And and yet, why, why does a leftist say that? Because truth is not a left-wing value. Right. That's Simple. exactly right. Well, that's something I think that we're all going to get from this event. It's so important. I want everybody to go wherever your background is. You're going to learn and you will be, I believe you're always uplifted when there is truth being spoken, even in areas where there's disagreement. Part of the truth is understanding that disagreement.
Exactly. And, and there's nothing and, to be afraid of yes, about that. Nothing. Uh, anyway, your listeners and my listeners know to say there's nothing to be afraid of. They will leave. I, I, you asked how they'll leave, as it were, what they'll get. Uh, they'll get a shot in the arm. That's what they'll get. That's right. It, it'll be a boost to their faith, and it will encourage them to fight. Well, Dennis, I look forward to being with you. The Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile event is on February 20th with Dennis Prager and Eric Metaxas. I'll be moderating the discussion. It's going to be a lot of fun, but it is going to be a shot in the arm. I really encourage you to be there. Go to kkla.com right now to get tickets. There's only a few tickets left for the VIP reception, so get that today. But you don't want to miss this February 20th, Monday, Pasadena First Church of the Nazarene. I really want to be there. I look forward to seeing you there. Dennis Prager, thank you for being on Southern California Live. It's a joy. Thank you. All right, friends, when we come back, we'll let you respond to uh, the interview here with Dennis Prager. He had to leave, unfortunately, to uh, do another obligation. But uh, I want to hear what you had to say. He had some powerful things to say there, in particular, in the beginning of our conversation. Call right now. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. When we come back from the break, we will take your phone calls and uh, we'll continue to talk about this very, very important issue. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. We will be back as the Thursday edition continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. In addressing your congregation a few weeks ago, um, Reverend Vetter, you said in your 20 years of ministry, you had never experienced such hatred or venomous language from people claiming to be Christians. What were people specifically so upset about when it came to this bingo event? Eric, it was hard to really get a clear sense um, because very few of the, of the responses we got, the negative responses we got, were, um, were really um, reason, right? It was really just this sort of explosion of passion and emotion and feeling. Uh, I think for reasons that I think are unique to every individual, uh, there's just a deep threat inherent here. Um, Jonathan's comments are well taken. I think it is uh, my senses that that people are using drag performance and the drag community as scapegoats. That was uh, Pastor Todd Vetter talking about uh, an event they had at their church, which was a fundraiser for the youth group um, that was Drag Queen Fundraiser Bingo <laughs> at uh, the church youth group. Um, what do you think about that? He seems to be surprised that people got upset and uh, about this, and uh, he felt like they weren't using a reason. That is, my friends, on this particular subject. And welcome back to Southern California Live. We just had Dennis Prager on the program. If you want to respond to any of the comments that he made, you can call now or just join the conversation, 888-528-2557. You know, this has been a the the drag issue. You know what this is? Okay, what we're talking about? We're talking about men who are dressed up as women who are drag performers, and uh, it is typically most of the time a highly sexualized thing. And this is happening all over the country. Okay, we've seen it at libraries, and we're seeing it in in schools, and it's targeting little children. And the thing that we are being told we should believe about this is that this is an expression of art. And uh, so, therefore, it's okay for little kids to be a part of it. And, you know, parents, they're taking their kids. This was a this was a church event. That's why I thought I would pick up on this story after uh, speaking with Dennis just about uh, the moral issues that are, are in our culture. And I like to ask, you know, what do we do? What do we actually do? 
And uh, I'm going to ask that a lot more. I'm writing some stuff down for, you know, what are some things that we can do to deal with our culture? But, you know, in the church, you know, can you imagine doing that at your your, uh, your church fundraiser? Maybe you've done that. Do you want to share a story? Am I am I wrong? I, to me, and I Googled this too, I, I, said, uh, I said, is drag performance inherently sexual? Meaning, is there even a way to do this that isn't something that's inappropriate? And uh, I couldn't find anything that made any sense that said no. In fact, most drag performers, by the way, will say, no, this should not be done for for kids. The interview on CNN with Pastor Vitter continued this way. Do you think, Jonathan, people actually understand what happens at some of the events? I mean, for people who have never been to a drag story hour, what is that event like? Yeah, I mean, drag story hour is exactly like it sounds. It's drag um, storytellers that read children's books and libraries or schools. Uh, we sing children's songs and we do uh, an arts and crafts activity. It's like any other story time, story hour you've been to, but maybe someone a little more fabulous who is reading. <laughs> it's a little more uh, fabulous. You know what? It is a man dressed up as a woman, typically in a provocative outfit, in an outfit that um, is one that accentuates and exaggerates female features and often is along with the storybook hour is a dance and a little chat and uh, people putting dollars in their pocket and things like that, like you would for uh, a stripper, I guess, and things like that. This is this is something that is going on. And I want you to know it's it's not a small you know, epidemic of things. This is something that's happening in here, in this case, at uh, some some church. Uh, here's the uh, interview continues this way. I do want to say that the, the, the positive response and the generosity of response that we enjoyed with this event was extraordinary. It's unlike anything that I've ever experienced. Uh, the, the, the number of people that we had to turn away because we'd simply reached capacity uh, was probably about 150 or 200, and they their generosity, right, their patience, their forbearance, uh, their generosity was extraordinary. Uh, so I, I do think that the overall um, uh, experience was extremely positive. Uh, it was an affirmation of who we are as a church, um, how we think about the commandment to love our neighbor. Uh, and I think it, it uh, whatever lessons the, the community has taken away from this uh, has been, I think, positive, but I think it's been a great affirmation for us about who we are and who we're called to be. Who we are and what we are called to be. So here is my question. Are we not loving by not participating in a drag event with our kids or even just on our own? Do you have a perspective on this that you want to share? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. You know, something that Dennis said a few minutes ago, Dennis Prager, a few minutes ago on our show he said this, and he's talking to church people. Now, he Genesis is not a Christ follower, all right? He is an observant Jew. That's why he will be the Jewish voice on Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile, uh, the event we have coming up on the 20th. But he addressed people in the church, and he addressed Jewish people as well. I, and he said this. He said, people will choose a comfortable life over a good life. People will choose a comfortable life over a good life. How do you respond to that? I thought that was a great a great point. Now, he probably has some nuance to that and what a good life means uh, that might be different than the, the Christian standpoint. Like in, in one sense, as a, as a Christian, I'm going to 
understand the idea that, as the Lord says, uh, essentially there are no good people. You know, sometimes people ask the question, the apologetics question, how can bad things happen to good people? The answer is there are no good people. That's where you start. But that's where people get offended, right? Because obviously there are some people who have uh, moral, you know, have a moral awareness and who are good people. And then there are other people who we might say are are bad people, Okay. But the gospel says, and this is something to keep in mind, too, is that the drag queen and the people who might go to this, uh, they get saved the same way by faith in Jesus Christ, okay? And that's why we should pray for people. And, you know, one of the ways that interview started out was apparently Christians were, according to this guy, you know, I haven't seen any of it, you know, cussing everybody out. I, You know, it doesn't help, I think, when we're going to speak out about something if we're a jerk, Right? People should be offended by the gospel. They should be offended by the truth of Jesus Christ, but they should not be offended because we're being offensive in other ways. Right, So I think that we can speak directly on issues uh, and powerfully on issues, prophetically on issues, without being a jerk. Uh, and that probably was going on. But as you know, on the other hand, I get it. As a parent, I would just be ballistic if suddenly this was the youth group. Uh, that I went to, and uh, this was going on there, uh, especially without my knowledge. This was a public event. And and what he said is that church people showed up from all kinds of churches all over the place. This is the state of things, and uh, this is where we are. What do you think about this? 888-528-2557 is the number. Let's go to uh, Nick in Simi Valley. Nick, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello, Scott. How's it going? All right, Nick, how are you? Good, sir. Uh, I was just calling in response to uh, what we were talking about, about the, I don't know if we call it a drag, drag show. Or the drag, drag queen bingo bingo night at church. Yeah, that. You know, I was just <clears throat> thinking about what Dennis was saying as far as we really need to sit there and ask ourselves, you know, do we care what God thinks or do we really care what people think? And I've been, I've been running into a lot of other, I'm a believer, a lot of other believers, a believer in Jesus, uh, a lot of other believers that maybe at work or people that say they're believers and I kind of see the lifestyle and, and the way they speak and there's kind of just like something's not lining up and it confuses me and I've thought, I've been thinking a lot about it lately and I, I've kind of come to this not ultimate conclusion but thinking, I think a lot of people are, we're always trying to, we're meant to glorify God and that we choose to glorify men and man uh, out of fear of man instead of God. And I really feel like that's, that's what this is coming down to, just the thought that this is happening in a church, and we're saying it under the guise of loving your neighbor as yourself. It, it's just, we're trying so hard, it seems, to glorify man and live at peace with man, and we, I think it really comes from fear of wanting other people to accept us because we say we accept them no matter how they are instead of just dealing with the reality of God's told us how to live and he's made some things very clear in black and white and I believe that's because we've abandoned God as a nation that is, things are just getting ludicrous uh, but the humility that comes out of going saying God said to do this and to live this way and this is wrong and it, it's not true and I'm not going to say I'm loving somebody else because I'm just going to make them feel good and I don't want to hurt their feelings because like we were saying earlier truth hurts feelings 
feeling sometimes. Um, I think so, that we're afraid of that, right? In a way that we're afraid. In, in one sense, as Dennis said, uh, we we don't want to offend anybody. We're afraid of getting hurt because we lose Facebook friends, is what he said. I think that we right. also are afraid of, we think that if we speak the truth, and I'm talking about speaking the truth in a loving way, that that other person might get hurt by that truth. And then, so then we don't say right. it because we're afraid of that. But isn't that completely, right. un, it's completely unloving, though, to not speak the truth. Right. It's, it's absolutely unloving. It's decidedly, yeah, absolutely. And, not, and not biblical. Yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, uh, Nick, I appreciate uh, your call and your thought there. And uh, you, you said about being confused about how some Christians act. You know, and this is true, you know, across the board, I think, with people in, in religion. But for, for faith and for Christians, this is something that matters. You know, there's, there's atheism, okay, theoretical atheism. That's the belief that there's no God, okay, or no higher power, okay? That's, you, that's your theology or your, your, your theory. There's no—okay, there's atheists in that. But there's also practical atheism, and this is what we've got to be concerned about, you know, first when it comes to who do we fear. Practical atheism is the idea that somebody acts like there's a God or they say that they're a God or they say they're a Christian or they, they go to church, they go through the routines— but their life would indicate that they don't actually believe it. So it's it's practical atheism in that if you don't fear God as much as you fear losing Facebook friends, you have to ask yourself if you really believe in God in the first place. That's That's practical atheism, and it's scary, right? It's scary, the idea that people might stand before God. People will. They will stand before God and say all these things that they did, and Jesus is going to say, I don't know you. Matthew 25, 888-528-2557. Lorena in Anaheim, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Hi, Lorena, go ahead. Um, I was just calling, you know, just going off of what the previous callers said. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, I grew up in the church, and now I'm not really a person that is, you know, always present and going, and, you know, I am part of the LGBTQ community, Mm. and... One thing that, like, I feel is that we're just, like, not accepted into churches. And, you know, that doesn't mean that I don't love God and I don't believe in Him. I just don't feel comfortable going to churches because there's, like, a lot of homophobia in the churches. And, you know, everybody always preaches, like, to be kind and all of that stuff. But I feel like when it comes to this group, there's just, like, a lot of hatred towards us. And if you really want people, you know, to be saved, you need to be able to include everyone just to bring them in. And then, you know, from there, they can start to build their own relationship with God. I feel like everybody is entitled to their own opinion on what type of relationship they get to have with God. Because at the end of the day, the person that's going to judge us is God, and it's not going to be people so that's why I feel like we really shouldn't care what other people' opinion are. What You're entitled to your own relationship with God and Jesus, and that can be whatever you want it to be. And I personally think that it's not really anybody else's business. Just like you have your relationship with your significant other, that's your business and whatever you want it to be and who you want it to include. And I just feel like, you know— if we want the church to be more accepting, it would be like just having like these things that you just said where, you know, they had the the drag 
I forgot what exactly it was. What a bingo it was night that. for uh, the youth group a, is a what bingo it was. Night for the youth group, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're trying to get these kids, you know, to become people who do drag. They're just trying to incorporate different people. I feel like in their lives, so that way they're able to reach out to multiple people and just get support from everyone. Yeah. Just because I feel like when we're excluding people, that just doesn't make us the loving community that the church should be. Lorena, I appreciate your call. I'm sorry that uh, you haven't felt loved by the church. You know, and, and that is one thing in the interviews I just you know clicked out there is that people were probably pretty mean. You know, here's I got to go to a break. I'm way over Lorena. But a question I have is in your belief, the way you believe things, do you believe that there is ultimate truth that whatever God says is actually true? I feel like whatever God says is actually true. But the Bible has been translated so many times that the truth has gotten lost because we've had like, obviously, like different people and different languages and it's gone translated so many times that it's the real truth has gone lost. So you have a lot of doubt because of things that you've heard that way. Well, Lorena, I yeah. uh, I got to go to a break. I'm way over. I really appreciate your call and I'm glad that you're listening and call anytime. All righty. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Lorena. I am uh, over. Uh, I'm way over. I got to go for a break. When we come back, um, we'll take your calls. And uh, I'll, I'll follow up a little bit on uh, something she said here about the uh, Bible translation as well. We'll be back. Southern California Live Thursday edition. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. And uh, I'm going to take your calls here real quick here in just a second. I want to follow up with a conversation we just had with Lorena and uh, appreciate it that Lorena is listening. She makes a good point uh, about you know how she felt uh, as part of the LGBTQ uh, plus community at church and things like that. She also talked about, uh, I asked her what she felt about truth and she agreed that whatever the Lord says is ultimately true. She is discouraged, I think, from church because she believes that there are lots of Bible translation issues. She didn't get into that. Uh, We didn't have time for specifics on that. But one thing I would say is, you know, one of the great things about modern scholarship is that what's happening is we're digging up a lot of old copies of Scripture. Uh, Most famous example is the Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, There are, you know, a whole lot of other things. And what we're finding is that actually the the scriptures have pretty much said the same thing, that there are very few changes and no changes to major uh, theology of of Christianity. It's often said that Jesus never mentioned homosexuality specifically, for example. I'm not sure that that's where she lands on the LGBT thing, so I don't know that, but, but wherever she is on that that maybe it's not really sinful. But Jesus does talk about sexual immorality, and there's two points really to make about that. Jesus clearly refers to um, marriages, male and female, and he clearly is against sexual immorality in general. What, what Jesus does not do is carve out some group of people within sexual immorality, right? And in the Jewish period of time, the Old Testament, but also Greek society, it was people had a very clear understanding of what sexual immorality was, and it was anything outside of a man and woman uh, being married. Everybody considered fornication that they considered adultery, sexual immorality, and uh, it's really not a, a question. But the the other side of that 
is that the church needs to realize that maybe the reason Jesus didn't call out specific practices is because he didn't want us to say that somehow homosexuality is worse than adultery. That he didn't want us to somehow carve out some group of people as less less deserving of grace and what Jesus died for on the cross. And I think in the church, we often make that mistake with, with lots of people. You know, we, we may not like people who are have a different sexual attitude or who vote differently or who are, you know, they have a PC instead of a Mac, you know, whatever the issue is. Sometimes we think people are, are less than, but the scriptures teach that we all fall short of the glory of God. And what makes you saved is your faith in Jesus Christ and your trust in him. Now, you got to trust that what he's saying is true. And, you know, you're called to go to Jesus as you are, but but he is going to change you. Um, and he is going to challenge each one of us on things that we believe according to the scriptures. So I would encourage everybody on, on that to always treat other people better than yourselves. But uh, you don't have to sacrifice the truth that's on there. And be careful about some of the things that get taught, especially in this Internet age out there. All right, I just have a couple minutes. I'm going to try to go through a couple of calls, and then we've got to give away some uh, tickets here. Cindy in Valley Village, welcome to Southern California Live. Yes, hi. Thank you for what you just said. Um, I have always heard we're to be a light. Um, As Christians, we're to be a light to others. And um, Jesus says, don't judge. And and it, it goes with what you just said. Um, and whatever is happening um, in churches or or anywhere, God can turn all things around for His glory. And, and there's in Psalms thirty four fourteen, turn from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. So I want to do that with everyone, including um, uh, sensitive topics, to um, bring them up in a way. Um, you, know, you get where I'm going, and then yeah. Galatians five. When I do that, then. I believe the Holy Spirit can give you the fruits of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, a lot of patience, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, to be a living example, you know, in my own marriage and with my children, Mm -hmm. and to be a light. And those things, thank you you for, yeah, and those things allow us to uh, be persuasive in a, in a powerful way. We got to be careful about, you know, denying the truth. And, you know, we are to judge people in the church, interestingly enough, not to judge in a way that says, uh, you know, you're less than me, but to say, Hey, you know what, this is an area where you need to grow because the scriptures say this, and that's a, that's a pretty big deal. First Corinthians is all about that. Ruth and Hawthorne, welcome to Southern California live. Hi, I've uh, lately been having, the last couple of months, having a fierce thirst for wisdom and knowledge. So I'm going through the Bible. I don't know everything, but these two thoughts came to my mind when I heard the program. One, my curious side, my, I guess, human side, was asking, was there, like, a shortage of women to entertain the kids? My second thought was... (laughs) um, God said to come to me as you are. He didn't say go to the children as you are. Mm. Well, and that and I, I think. Lastly, yeah. lastly, it's like I read somewhere in the Bible that a woman is not supposed to dress in men's clothing. Yes, the and Old I know Testament that God shows doesn't that. Change both ways. God is not going to change. Yeah, Ruth. So, uh, that, that, those were my thoughts. I think those are good thoughts, Ruth. Uh, you don't. You come to God as you are, but don't go to children as you are. And I think that's some of the, with the drag queen things, uh, thank you for calling Southern California Live. She makes a great point. That's that's a big part of the offense here, right? It isn't adults 
going somewhere for some kind of performance. It is bringing this to children. And, you know, man, I just uh, that's just a, a big deal. All right. Uh, let's see here. Aaron in Mission Viejo. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hello. Um, I was listening to the young lady saying that um, the Bible has been diluted, but not really. The King James, when I listen to my sister with the Living Bible, um, it's different wording, but it means all the same. And it, I haven't seen any of the Bible being diluted. It might use other words. And we are fighting the government for our children so that they get sex changes and um what have you? Why yeah. would the church bring some something like this to our children? Yeah, it's where I, mean, I think the like church letters. is. I'm running out of time here, but I I'm right with you, Aaron, with uh, your thoughts about why would the church? I think that you know, and I don't know the specifics of that church. They are trying to say it's about love, um, but you're really missing what this is. Um, and I don't think I think the last caller was right on. You don't bring it to the kids. Uh, you know, there's. It's um, and it's something that we have to within the church speak out strongly about. The church has has made a lot of mistakes in this area. There's no doubts uh, at all, particularly in loving people. But you know, the thing is about sexual immorality, whichever kind it is that might be affecting you. Everybody listening to this, everybody, either you or somebody you know personally very closely, has been wounded severely by sexual immorality in one way or another. It's a very powerful thing, and God designed it for sex for marriage. It's a great thing in marriage. That's what he designed it for. And outside of there, uh, you're playing with fire, and you're going to get burned. All right, I can't take the rest of the calls right now because I have to give away, I get to give away tickets to Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. All right, I'm going to take the seventh caller, seventh caller, and uh, we'll pick that up off the air. We'll be done here in just a few seconds. On February 20th, Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile will be with Dennis Prager and Eric Metaxas and myself. It's a Jewish-Christian conversation, a great one to learn about all these things. I think Dennis uh, Prager on the show today had some great things to add. Call right now to win the tickets, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. What number call did I say? Did I say, Wilbert? Caller 9. Okay, we're going to take Caller 9. You can also go to kkla.com right now. Click the Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile banner to buy your tickets. Coming up February 20th, 7 p.m. Call now, 888-528-2557. Caller 9 wins the tickets. I'm Scott Furrow. I will see you tomorrow for Open Line Friday. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.